Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galtz. And today, we're talking to podcast host, Brian S. Stavely of Dose of Reality. We're going to explore the concept of psyops among those aware enough to recognize their own existence between parallel realities. And in Buddhism, being self-aware of your multidimensionality is an entry point into your adult consciousness. So with that, Brian, welcome to Merkava Chakra. Hi, thank you for having me on. Oh, oh, thank you for taking the invitation. I do watch your show and I'm very, very amused by the tests that you give out to people and the things that you notice. So I myself have been ha- living with shifting realities more for the last maybe two, two or so decades. As a kid, you don't notice so much, but as you get older, you start you know, become more aware of yeah. your reality. So I have, I've had my own experiences and personal experiences, but I love the major ones that you cover on your podcast as well, because then you can relate those changes with other people, um, not just your friends and family, but with, you know, with the greater whole. So before we dig into your work, can you tell us your story for how you even got into this? Yeah, uh, I think I got into it a very similar road that a lot of people take that you find uh, in these type of journeys. And it's from 9-11, that event that happened in September in 2001. I didn't look at it until 2010, uh, but I I found a movie one time on Netflix. And it turns out later on, being on Netflix, of course, I should know better now, but back then you don't know these things. But it was kind of like a controlled information, but it put you in a different direction, a different rabbit trail than what the media had presented. So that really changed my whole life. Like that made me completely not trust the media anymore. Like instantly I was like, whoa, I really need to start looking uh, into things. And I just went deep into the rabbit hole uh, from there. Now where that brought me all the way up to here. So like 2010, when that happened, I real quickly set up a website and started doing mm-hmm. podcasts with a live chat, taking phone calls, everything off my own website uh, within the matter of months, because I was just very passionate and gung-ho about it. And I felt I could uh, present this type of stuff to people really well. And I spent a lot of time on that topic. Um, And a lot of my journey uh, is to get people to not live in fear. 
Um, and that that's something that goes on today as well. I believe that the media is here to keep a lot of people in fear to control them. Um, so, you know, after that event, uh, a lot of other things, you know, different events at different schools and the Boston event and looking into NASA and the moon landing and all these types of things. Um, and then I would say, um, you know, I, I went really hard. I did a lot of work in 9-11 for about four years, interviews all over the place, like I do now with the current topic that I'm talking about. Um, but I did take a break for about three years in 2014 off doing stuff on the air. I still talked on social media to people a lot about these types of things. Um, and very shortly after that, I started to hear uh, of what they coin. And I think the name is absolutely terrible, honestly. Uh, but the Mandela effect, I was first presented uh, with a couple of the what I call surface level changes in probably mm. late 2014. But I did experience, uh, like you, shifts happening in the past, but I didn't recognize them. I brushed them off. I thought, wow, this is really weird. Um, and then after I started making videos on this topic, I looked back at a couple of those things and I was like, I started doing some investigation and I realized, oh, this has been going on much longer than some people think it just blew up on YouTube and all this. Like this has been going on, in my opinion. I think it's always been going on. I think since we've been here, people have been shifting realities uh, or the reality has been malleable, however you want to, you know, whatever theories people want to tie into it. I think it's always been going on. And um, we can get into theories later if you want, but I do think it's always been going on, but it is increasing, at least for me and many others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Um, I think once, I think it's like a muscle. So um, I I do six sense consultations um, for people who shift realities and they've gone everywhere. And also at the same time, they are having a uncontrollable sixth sense. And, and in Buddhism, being multidimensional and being aware of it is a sixth sense. Mm -hmm. It is a sixth sense. And just like all skills that you naturally slowly come into or, or, or budding skills, um, it's like a muscle. You have to continue to use it so if you keep aware and you notice things, you'll notice more of it. If you keep shutting it down and shutting it down, you'll notice less and less of it. So you'll go back into your safe consciousness where you're not getting tripped up by reality so much. So I totally get that. Now, um, in Buddhism, we call what becoming self-aware of the matrix, we call it jumping between parallel realities within your mandala which is like your personal aural field your portal um and it's the center is your heart chakra which is your heart like it's like the engine of your portal so today they call it the mandela effect um after nelson mandela and people have different ex experiences and recalls of their experience of his death so i'm going to ask you a series of mandela effect quizzes and everybody listening as well take you're going to take this quiz with Brian as well. So um, I'll put this in the, the, the notes so you guys can quiz other people. So Brian, here's, there's a couple questions though, and just answer it like you remember experiencing it. And if you have an experience that you can tie to why you feel that way, that would help people understand uh, where so, you're coming from. So if, it, if it's something that I recognize as something that's changed and I know that it's changed, tell you what I always remember. It used to be kind of like the way I asked. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So the quick, quick one, and these, these are common ones. So the first question is, in the Bible, is yes. it the lion and the 
well, it's the lion. It was the lion and the lamb, but now it's the wolf and the lamb. You said it backwards. Okay. So, so in, um, and why do you say it's the lion and the lamb as what you would call instead of the lion, the wolf? Because in all the Bibles now, it's lion, the wolf. Well, it's, no, 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 you have it backwards. It's, it's wolf and lamb now. So the, the way you phrased the question when you said the lion and the, you gave me the answer already. You said lion. Oh. <laughs> you, were, you were supposed to leave the first pot blank because it, it, the lamb is still there in both, but now it's the wolf instead of the lion. Mm-hmm. The wolf and the lamb. Yeah. 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 So now, now it's the wolf. Now it's the wolf will dwell with the lamb as well, not just lay with the lamb. The wolf will dwell with the lamb. So it went from the lion and the lamb to the wolf and the lamb like the wolf the wolf is sneaky you know the wolf's in the house now that's why i think some of the stuff is very strong messages now the reason i say why i know it was lion and not wolf right so isaiah eleven six. 6 uh, if you ask anybody just about anybody i shouldn't say anybody but if you ask anybody what animal lied with the lamb they're going to tell you the lion almost nobody ever is going to tell you the wolf and in fact i've gone around and asked many people i mean like hundreds and hundreds of people, including when I go to the beach to talk to people, because uh, I like to talk to people on the street about some of these types of topics. Uh, I see preachers out there with the Bible, and I walk up to them, and this is all on video, and I walk up to them, and I ask them the same thing. Hey, Isaiah eleven six, what animal lies with the lamb? Lion, lion, lion. If you look all over the world, stained glass uh, church windows everywhere, lion and lambs, lion and lambs, statues everywhere, lion and lambs, lion and lambs, all these songs, lion and lambs, And one of the things I do on my channel, uh, and I'll wrap up this one with this, is I like to point out that other people are experiencing what we're experiencing, especially people that have extreme knowledge in those areas. So what I do is I show all sorts of huge name pastors and preachers quoting Mm -hmm. Lion and Lamb. I show huge name people in the truth communities, whether they admit to this is happening or not. Uh, More often than not, I like to show the ones that don't admit that it's happening to show them, you know, try and nudge them a little bit lion 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 almost nobody ever says wolf like if 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 we're just confusing it right and we're wrong isn't it amazing that we're wrong in unison all saying the same animal and putting in it's like there's only two animals in the entire bible there's lots of animals Mm -hmm. why aren't we putting why aren't we putting a mixture of different wrong answers and why do we have all this physical residue that backs us up, like the physical evidence that remains drawings of the lion and lamb, statues like we talked about. That's the stuff that doesn't get addressed when they talk about Mandela effect in the media. They stick with the media stuff and the cartoons and the songs. And a lot of that is legit changes, but very easy to brush off, especially when they don't tell you that there's all this heaping mounds of evidence. So that's why I say I know it was the lion and the lamb. Right, right. Well, um, for myself it's the lion and the lamb um but also beyond that in buddhism we have a folklore about the first buddha um teaching his first lecture in the woods to um, a bunch of forest animals and a bunch of forest animals came and sat in front of him and listened to his first practice lecture and many of them were deer and deer in um in Asian languages and interpretation can be considered lamb or sheep. So a young deer. And so, and the, um, the lion in Buddha's folklore is the teacher's voice. Cause they have like a line in the voice. It's the truth that's coming through the voice. So that's the, that's the understanding in Buddhism of the lion, and the lamb. 
Um, but so from, from my culture, it's always been the lion, and the lamb. And so coming into American culture and seeing the same thing in the Bible, I'm like, oh, we're all talking about the same stuff. So um, that's, yeah. that I, could, I have the same remembrance. Here's another question for you. What was the name of the wiener hot dogs you grew up eating? Oh, Oscar Meyer. Oscar Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R. There's actually two Mandela effects with that. But we can oh, go, go tell us. Tell us about this one. Well, okay, so M-E-Y-E-R is what I remember. Oscar Meyer. Now it's always been Oscar Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R. And there's two Mandela effects with that because Oscar Meyer wieners, wiener for me and so many others used to be spelled W-E-I-N-E-R. But now it's W-I-E-N-E-R. The I and the E have flopped. The, the I is before the E now in the word wiener. So it, there's two changes there for me. Okay, so that's a little bit, um, that that right there for me as a, as a book writer and, and a literature person, the E is always before the I. That's what they teach you in mm-hmm. in um, in grade school is when you're writing anything that has an E and I, the E is always before the I. And so the fact that they would flip-flop for I and the E, that's completely against what we have all been teaching kids and have been taught about how to write these words with the E and the I in it. And look at it. If it's if it's W-E-I, that's wiener. If it's W-I-E, wouldn't that be like whiner? W-I-E. That's what it is now. That's what it's always been in this reality. And there are a lot of spelling changes. I mean, my yeah. favorite one is for Dilemma. dilemma. Uh, millions and millions and millions of people around the world will tell you it's spelled with a silent N. D-I-L-E-M-N-A. In fact, so many people will give you what we call anchor memories. And they will tell you the experiences around intentionally mispronouncing the word dilemma, saying dilemma, so they would remember to pronounce, to, to put in the silent N. Now, dilemma has never had a silent N in it. It's always been a double M in this reality. So there's probably a billion people around the world. I don't even know how many, right? That are all spelling this word wrong, wrong, according to this reality, but in unison with each other, all putting the same wrong letter and the same word. And it's a silent N of all letters. Like, when, what, how does that even happen? Yeah. You know? Well, sing the, sing the song, um, the Oscar Mayer Wiener song. Go ahead and sing it. The way you remember it. Oh, I don't really, I don't really know the song. Okay. Um, other people have sang it. I'm not good with that one. All I do right, know okay. a lot of people, but I, I don't okay. know that one. Okay, well, I think it goes something like, um, "I want an Oscar Mayer wiener." <laughs> yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not an Oscar Mayer wiener. <laughs> that sounds weird, isn't it? I want to yeah. get my Oscar, Oscar Mayer wiener. What? That, 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 well, come on, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. I do I, the one, some of those songs that really do bother me though, like the Mister Rogers one is crazy because that one, you know, Mister Rogers. If you ask anybody what he used to sing when he came through the door, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and so many people. Yep. We would all. I mean, that's been parodied so yeah. many times by us, not just by TV shows, but like if you're in a good mood at work, hey, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. But now it's always been this. He comes through the door and says, "This neighborhood," and it, guys, again, people might not have really delved into this much this goes all the way back retroactively in the past all the physical matter from all the episodes he's ever done have physically changed in this reality uh to this instead of the and they actually yeah. named the movie 
it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood based off yeah. what the intro used to say <laughs> yeah yeah so the the small the small little minor tweaks like the name changes slightly like from Berenstein to Berenstain all that so those little name changes those are minor but then there are big ones they're like no you that can't be misinterpretation or kind of foggy memory but going beyond the Oscar Mayer whiner um Mm -hmm. the next question in Monopoly does Uncle Pennybags wear anything on his face yes well what I always remembered, and I, I I know for a fact, at least in my reality, what I observed, he absolutely had a monocle over his eye. He was totally iconic for it. Um, you, you know, that's one of the biggest uh, changes as far as these, like, you know, products and stuff like that. And, and I do think these things are important. So in this reality, if anybody doesn't know, look at the Monopoly man. He doesn't have any glasses or monocle or anything. Uh, it's just two eyes. Okay. He's got the rest of his costume on. Um, but this goes again, all the way back. So Monopoly is an old game. People have Monopoly decades old in the house. Check it out, guys. He's not going to have the monocle. Now, a lot of this stuff to people at first might seem trivial, but we also got to remember you have conversations with people. We, we've both done it where they're not ready. Yeah. I mean, you try and tell them the Bible's changing or we start talking about geography. You got to ease them in with some of this other stuff. Or some people, they don't know any of that stuff. They just know media. And, you know, so it's like maybe maybe some of the stuff is meant for them to really wait. They need the Star Wars to change. They need the Wizard of Oz to change. They need Curious George to lose his tail. Because if you talk to them about the bigger stuff that I like to cover a lot, like the historical changes, uh, which I think are huge, you know, they just, uh, you know, they just completely shut down. You know, maybe we just didn't know about it. They swept it under the rug. But, you know, you change their favorite movie or their favorite line, maybe you can grab their attention. And some of it's probably a lot of messages encoded in some of it. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, Yeah, I remember um, Uncle Pennybags had a monocle on his eye as well, which was iconic. And you can make the argument that, well, maybe the Monopoly makers decided to give him a facelift and remove the monocle possibly but i remember he had it because that was iconic that was what made him look very rich um Mm -hmm. so i i remember that as well okay the next one next question what did the evil queen in snow white say in the mirror for me she said mirror mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all Yes, that's how I remember it too. But now when you look it up, what does what does this one say? Now, and this is one of the ones with some of the, I mean, endless residue, which is the leftover evidence, the physical evidence, endless. Now she says, it's two changes in that line, actually. She now says magic mirror instead of mirror mirror, which is the one that'll just blow everyone away. You all know it was mirror mirror. I shouldn't say that as a definitive statement. So many of us all know as mirror, mirror. I haven't met a magic mirror person yet, honestly. But now she says magic mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest one of all instead of of them all. So the whole thing's changed completely. So Mm. um, now one of the pieces of evidence we have still as residual, you know, there's all different books and there's older books before the movie. And they'll try and say, oh, well, you guys just read the books and the, the movies always said magic mirror. A few points there. First off, me and everybody my age that I've talked to, none of us read the book. We all watched the Disney movie that was in the plastic VHS uh, cassette tape, okay? Now, that tape, if you own it, put it in, it will say Magic Mirror 
not mirror mirror. There's also something interesting with the Mandela effect when it changes. It doesn't always change all versions of the Bible at the same time. It doesn't always change translations of movies at the same time. And actually, for the people that say, you guys are just misremembering, it's always been magic mirror. I mean, or you're confusing it with the book. That's why you think it's mirror mirror. The German version, the, the German version, the Dutch version, and one other version have not changed yet. And the text in that in those native languages still says Mira Mira in the video, the Disney classic. Mm, yes, that's 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 going to be quite the journey for some people. All right. Here's I think you answered this earlier, but I'm going to ask this uh, question. How did Curious George swing on a tree? <laughs> He swung from his tail. <laughs> I clearly remember him swinging from his tail. But of course, if you don't know, take a look at Curious George now. Curious George has never had a tail. And this mm. isn't a reissue thing. None, none of these are. These are legit Mandela effects uh, that you're bringing up. Some people, sure, some people put out bad things. Uh, but for the most part, people put out pretty good content, like as far as not just calling something that's a product change, a Mandela effect. And you won't find an old Curious George book where he still has a tail. You won't find an old Monopoly game where he still has the monocle. Like, even if you have it in your house, that stuff's going to be missing off of it. That's mind-blowing. Cool. It is the curious case of George. Okay, mm -hmm. it was a perfect title. All right, all right. Um, next question. And this one goes into personal experience, which is really defining uh, people's reality shifts. How did Nelson Mandela die? From your experience? Well, see, for me, I don't have, I have a different take on this whole Nelson Mandela thing. I know some people remember him dying in prison. I don't remember clearly either way. And most of the people I talk to that have been in the community for a long time, they don't really have a strong memory of him dying in jail. Now, I don't know if he did or not. I sense some, something is up with that. I, I think the whole name that they gave it, Mandela Effect, is a psyop because he's a polarizing guy. Uh, so like my mother, for instance, when I brought up Mandela effect to her, she didn't want to hear nothing about it because her feelings on Nelson Mandela, whatever they were at the time, right? But it has nothing to do with that really. And then on top of it, with these things that we just, like the things we just talked about, right? Those are easy to prove with residual evidence and look at all of this, all these parodies and all this, right? People do leave this existence or whatever and come back, that, that's part of this. It's the hardest to prove. And I think it would be the hottest to convince a new person. And I think that's why they named it that the Mandela effect after polarizing guy, after dead guy, supposedly coming back to life. They could have, you know, I don't, I don't really know what's going on with that, but I know that that thing stinks to high heaven to me. And so does the whole Fiona Broom story. So that's what they always roll out in the media. And I just think it's a terrible, terrible name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I actually had a, um, I actually went to a book signing with, um, Cynthia Sue Larson, who wrote a couple of reality shift books. And mm -hmm. she did this, she did this quiz. And I had my two best friends. And my two best friends said that they remember he was in jail because, you know, they watched the news and he was in jail when he died. And I was like, Are you guys sure? And so and they, you know, swore up and down and they told the story and what happened to them when when uh when they saw the news on TV with their mom or whoever at mm. the time. And so then, of course. 
Cynthia had her 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 look, and then I had my. And so then I I basically red pilled them, and I said I pulled up my phone, and I said pull out your phone. Let's do an internet search on Nelson Mandela, and what pulls up? He's still alive, and mm-hmm. he's the president of South Africa, and and they were just like. They just fell off the floor. They were shocked. They couldn't believe it. They're going, yeah. what kind of weird book signing did you bring us to, Vaughn? Because <laughs> I like to, and, you know, and his, these kind of things. His, his death, um, that definitely could be a Mandela effect uh, for a lot of people. I just see that the, with that one, I see a big split on what people remember mm-hmm. with that. And I, th- I think the rest of the stuff around it is all very suspicious. So I'm just, uh, it's something I usually... I, I don't try to associate with too much as the whole, I, ne- I don't even have a video on him other than, mm. you know, I don't, you mm. know, and other, other people feel differently. And there's definitely a few people that I respect their work a lot and they absolutely remember that. So I'm not trying to say that because we're all experiencing our own journey here, our own mm-hmm. reality. And I know for a fact that there's other people that I talk to that are highly affected by all this, that do good research. And, you know, we're not all affected by the same ones, almost mm-hmm. all the same ones. But there's some that we differ on. Um, So I could just be on the other side of Nelson Mandela's death than a lot of people, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's just where I am with that. But as far as them naming it after him and and, and a dead person coming, they could have named it so many better things. And I think that's part of why they did it, because it kind of keeps people away from it, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's here's another one. Um, What was Skippy's? Competing peanut butter brand. Ooh, I like this one. So for me, it was Jiffy. Now in this reality, Jiffy has never existed. There's only been Jif. Now, what's interesting about this, besides normal physical residue, we can pull out like ads from newspapers that tend to remain and things like this, like scans of newspapers. Um, In the South, there's actually a lot of restaurants down here that sell a Jiffy Burger. They sell you a Jiffy mm. Burger, called the Jiffy Burger, because it's a hamburger with Jiffy peanut butter on it. Now, I've shown some of the menus in my videos. They even have an animation of what the Jiffy jar used to look like, which is basically the way the Jiff jar looks, similar colors, but it said Jiffy. And it, they show an animated jar of Jiffy on a couple of these menus, and they sell Jiffy Burgers. It's actually a fad in some of these places in the South based off of well, the peanut butter that they put on it, Jiffy. Yeah, I remember that growing up because, you know, Skippy's Jiffy, Jiffy Skippy, you know, they were like, I I always thought that they were um, like related because because of the Ippies. But um, many years ago, I was actually at the grocery store and I saw both Jiff and Jiffy at the grocery store at the same time. And I actually was like, oh, this is different. So I called. And, you know, when this stuff is happening, you don't think about, oh, let me take a picture and let me, you know, document it and so forth. And I have documented some of it before and shown it to friends. And they're like, oh, he's a head scratcher for them. But um, I brought the the store clerk over because I was asking, is there a difference between the two of them? Because they look exactly the same, but one just has Jiffy instead of just Jiff. And the, the clerk just scratched his head. He's like, well, maybe one's expired. And I was like, well, they're both current there's no expiration date and so he's like i don't know maybe they just they just changed their name um and this is like the last remnant of the the old brand of jiffy so i was like oh okay well i'll take the last jiffy (laughs) that i can and that took that was the last jiffy i've ever bought at the grocery store and now it's 
Now it's Jif. Now it's Jif, and I can't I can't bear to buy Jif. So I I jumped over to the dark side and got Skippy. (laughs) I just can't bear to buy it. Yeah. You want to hear something crazy? The story you just told me about seeing Jif and Jiffy. Not only have I heard that same story, somebody that comes on my show with me a lot, my friend Tommy tells the same story mm-hmm. when he worked at the grocery store and he was a manager and he would see he saw jiff and jiffy on the shelves at the same time he saw that happen at the same time as well so you guys both observe what usually doesn't happen with both both of the, uh, the mer- versions the- are side by side for people to observe like that that's very rare uh but the groceries are great like the Haas avocados Haas h-a-a-s has now always been has h-a-s-s and these grocery stores walmart kroger's and a few others their pos systems haven't updated yet they still have the residue in them so they still spell it h-a-a-s i've sent people to the stores they videotaped it we've got receipts i've even got a bag here of unchanged mandela effect residue Haas avocados with two a's like why does this even exist if it's never been spelled this way ah yeah so what was crazy is I saw this online, right? So if anybody doesn't know, Haas avocados never existed. They're Haas now, which, by the way, is another German word that changed. Tons of German words. And Haas in German means hate. So take a note of these things. But Yeah. And that ties into all the German attacks that I've been covering. And it gets really, really deep. But this is wild because for whatever reason. So I saw this. Let me shut my green screen off for a second. Okay. I, oops, not my camera, my green screen. Uh, here we go. So I saw this on a website, uh, Kroger's website. I was looking for, I was just looking for residue for Haas to make a video. And they actually had it listed on their website. So I'm like, oh, they have listed the old way, H-A-A-S. And they had this image underneath it. And I'm like, so that didn't even compute to me. Like, because even with a reality shift, if you take a photograph of a reality shift, the photograph almost always changes with the shift. So if like I'm standing in front of the thinker statue and you take a picture of me and I'm posing like this because that's the way the statue is, which you see a lot of people have done. The statue is now like this behind the people posing like this in their own photos because the photographs mm-hmm. change. But the photograph didn't change because this bag actually did exist. Now, yeah. it's funny, like with the Jiff and Jiffy, I sent two people to the store, one in Florida and one, I think near Washington or whatever. One came back with a bag like this. One came back with the same bag with the new spelling. The same bag? Oh, so the same exact identical bag. One had H-A-A-S and one had H-A-S-S, but the same at, exact bag. At, at two different Krogas, one on one side of the country, one on the other. So she mailed me this one. The other one I don't need because we can find the new reality anytime. But this, Haas Avocados residue everywhere i mean it is endless with this stuff a lot of stores still have it in their computer system yeah Yeah. i mean you know you you have that you have that argument then you have the other well maybe they just change logos so okay fine well we'll give you we'll give you that but you mentioned something very interesting about this a lot of german changes i mean i think the previous realities that i experienced make more sense <laughs> it's, a, it's more fun and more cool because you know in my personal perspective I feel like oh did we just jump to a reality that need a little pick-me-up a little help or something because sometimes it's, some things are a little upside down but you know we'll see we'll see I I trust I trust in the 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 Lord the universe is putting me on the right to direct trajectory um and I'm just I'm a I'm an observer 
So here's the next one. But yeah, Skippy and Jiffy. I just, I can never buy Jiff. I could just, I love, I just can't buy Jiff. So my adulthood is Skippy. My childhood was Jiffy. Um, okay, the next one is, is it Febreze or Febreze? <laughs> Definitely was Febreze for me. But And how do you point. spell Febreze? F-E-E-B-R-E-Z-E. -E -E. There's four E's and now there's three now. It, it dropped an E in there. Mm. See, when I, I, spelled it wrong. I put the second E in the wrong place. It's, 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 it was F-E-B-R-E-E-Z-E, -E -E, but now it's F-E-B-R-E-Z-E. -E. That, that second instances of the E used to be a double, and now it's a single in the okay. middle of the word. Reason. Right, right. And what experience do you have with that that change? Do you have anything? Well, I mean, I, I, I you know, some things it's it's not the biggest, uh, you know, uh, thing other than I used to use it all the time. I mean, we had Febreze in the house all the time. Yeah. I know it was Febreze. I know, I know it wasn't Febreze. I know a lot of these products that have changed. Um, you know, I don't really have a, a big anchor memory other than I used to use Febreze all the time. I mean, it was it yeah. was in the house all the time. It definitely wasn't Febreze, but some of the products really bother me. Like uh, Stofus Stovetop Stuffing is one of the biggest ones for me because Stofus Stovetop Stuffing has never existed. Now, people will say, well, Brian, you know, logos and companies and brands can change names and blah, 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 blah. And now there is Stovetop Stuffing. It looks the same, the boxed, but it's owned by Kraft. So what people that say this isn't happening will automatically assume Stofus sold it to Kraft. Mm. What they never do, though, is what they never do is go and look for that evidence because Stofiz was never in the equation in this reality. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can look up any of these, anything that somebody calls a Mandela effect, anytime they call it that, whether we're talking about the Monopoly man or logo on a car or any of this stuff, you can look this stuff up. If there was indeed a logo change or a corporation sold a product to another, this stuff is so easy to find. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to find. And, but as a Mandela effect community, those of us that have the sermon in it, we're very careful not to put out something that's a product or a logo or brand change or tell you something's never existed and you're just going to, what, Google it and go find an old ad for it from the 70s? Well, we'd be debunked. That'd be terrible uh, on us to do that. That's not what this is at all. Mm -hmm. I had the same grocery store experience with Febreze. So I saw them both. And I, well, actually, no. no yeah, I saw them both. And this is why around the same time with Jiff and Jiffy, because I, I, sh I shift between different versions of reality. And so when I'm in the transition, I see both. And then, of course, I move on to the new. But I saw I saw the changeover and I said, well, why would they change their name? It's Febreze, like the breeze, like B-R-E-E-Z, like the breeze, you know, that makes mm -hmm. sense. That makes sense. The breeze, like the breeze. And so Febreze just it didn't make any sense because well, where's the breeze, you know? Yeah. And so I, I was just, I just sat there like, I'll take my last bottle of Febreze. And that was the last Febreze I've ever bought. <laughs> it's not looking so good for a lot of these brands. I am falling away from these new brands. Well, let me ask you, were you aware, you were kind of aware what was happening when you grabbed the last bottle of these two things? And did you uh, put them in your cupboard and periodically check them to see if they changed or like, how did that, I well, I I would buy it and I would use it and I just think think nothing of it because like I said, at the time when you're you know you're picking these 
things up, you're going, well, that's a, well, maybe this, you know, just put wiping away, just going about your business. Yeah. Got to go get this grocery list and get a grocery list. But, you know, it's one of those head scratchers like, wait, you know, um, that's different. So you just think, oh, maybe there's a brand change at the time. Um, and so I never thought of it. But I have had instances where I would like go to a, a, a thrift shop and next to it will be a huge like Walmart. And it, it was just like brand new spanking new Walmart showing up at which we used to be an empty uh, building. And I would be like, what? And I was like, oh, I'd take a picture and I'll show my friend. And I would quiz my friends. You know that groceries, that, that store that we would go to? Um, what's next to it? And they're like, oh, an empty warehouse. And I said, no, it's not. It's a brand new Walmart. Here's the picture. And they're like, oh. And then they would look it up and they're like, wow, this has been there for like the last eight months. And like, yeah, exactly. Nobody ever, saw, nobody, ever saw, nobody ever saw any construction of it. This has happened with tons of businesses and, and not only just popping up, they all seem to get renovated with new paint jobs out of the blue. Uh, and all the, nobody ever sees them being painted. And this is a whole new color scheme that goes on uh, mm. a lot that, I, that, I, that a lot of us have noticed happening too. Yeah. So when you really start, I mean, I think these logos and everything are kind of like a teaser in like, can you handle it? Can you handle yeah. Um, being of higher consciousness where you're actually becoming a little bit more self-aware of reality can you handle it this is kind of like can you handle it at the logos and these kind of commercial changes that's what stops many people like no I can't handle it but if you can handle it about losing it okay okay we'll we'll we'll, we'll bring you more um, here's a good one so this goes into experiences and experiences are really hard because they're undeniable for many people rather than just memory changes on their experience with logos and, yeah. and books and so forth. Um, who delivered the publisher's clearinghouse prize checks? Oh, well, this is huge. Uh, for me, definitely Ed McMahon. Um, now, this is like as big. It's not as important as, you know, probably the lion and the lamb to a lot of people, but it's as big. I mean, who? I mean, you could pull a thousand people on this uh, and they're going to remember Ed McMahon delivering giant checks. And a lot of them remember the balloons too, giant checks and balloons and going to winners doors of Publishers Clearinghouse and ringing that bell and surprising them at the door. Now, Ed McMahon is also from my hometown, which has many reality shifts, which you've probably seen me talk about. Maybe we'll get to that after. Um, but Ed McMahon not only is from my hometown, but here's the thing. So in this current whatever instance of reality, reality, timeline, whatever it is, uh, what, what the deal is now is Ed McMahon has never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse, which is mind blowing enough. But then let's look at it a little deeper because there's something that th it doesn't really get explained in the disinfo articles. Surprise, surprise. They'll tell you Ed McMahon never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse and you're just mixing it up with this other company, American Family Publishing. Now, it is true in this reality, he's only been associated with American Family Publishing and not Publishers Clearinghouse. That's what the current reality is. Now, a lot of people are willing to just say, oh, easy enough. You know, I mixed up the two companies and, you know, nothing's happening here. But here's the challenge to those people, if you are one of those watching. Where did you get the memory, see it in your brain, of Ed McMahon with the giant check going to people's doors? Because he's never done that for either company. Now, Ed McMahon himself thinks he did it. 
He's done all these parodies himself. Never mind other people spoofing him. He's making appearances on all these TV shows, Roseanne, and you know all these third rock films, all these shows with a giant check mocking himself. He even did a rap song in 2009, a rap song. 90-year-old Ed McMahon driving around in a white van, looked just like the prize patrol van, going to people's doors, ringing their doorbell and asking for his giant check back that he gave them. Like the amount of evidence that this phenomenon is happening is amazing. And mm. I just really hope more and more people want to experience it with us because it is yeah. wild. Yeah. I remember, I remember the Ed McMahon thing very vividly. My dad was really into publish, uh, I'm sorry, Reader's, Reader's Digest. And mm-hmm. he um, was very uh, a cult follower of Reader's Digest because he played that game, bought the books, all that kind of stuff so that he can get the prize. And we watched, we watched those videos of the prize van and Edmund Man jumping out with the balloons and, you know, all that, all, you know, coming to the door. Same exact experience. We had that same ex- exact experience. And that was my childhood of, uh, and I've done lie detector tests on this and it all came out true that, yes, according to lie detector tests, that is my recall experience of um, Publishers Clearinghouse with Ed McMahon delivering the prize check. So um, unless my body's lying to me, that's my experience. But it's funny that Ed McMahon himself says that he recalls doing this, but he doesn't have any of the videos or evidence that he did this. So yeah. it's like it, it's it's kind of like. I remember this one experience that I went through, but now I don't. Like I remember buying this car, but now I don't own this car. Well, I never owned this car. You know that kind of stuff. Those like personal Mandela effects. But he's not. He's dead now, so he is not alive to address that everybody's talking mm. about. You know, and and questioning. Hey, why did you do this if you've never done this? Like he's he's long gone since before. Yeah. He right right before this started, really, he kind of passed on. Mm-hmm. No, I shouldn't say started. Right before this started to get really noticed on the internet. You know, I think I think we start. I think we start noticing it when others start noticing it. It's kind of like, hey, look at the ship in the in the in the coast there, and then people start looking, and then everybody sees it. And they're like, oh yeah. Um, here's here's the last one for the Mandela effect quiz for you. Who was the genie in the movie? What's the movie? Shazam. Shazam. And how do you spell Shazam? Oh, that one. I think it's S-H-A-Z-A-A-M. But I'm not 100% on the spelling of it. But Sinbad was the guy that was in it. And now that movie has actually never even existed in this reality. Yeah, and you can't Sinbad find it. Gone out of his way. He's gone out of his way to troll us and make all sorts of like hit pieces and stuff. And they even made a fake video to pretend that they found the clip from the movie, which if it's a real Mandela effect, you're not going to find it. Um, but that's what they did. And in that movie, they planted all these things we talked about, Curious George and all these little other ones. They planted fake Mandela effect residue all within the stage production that they made that Sinbad helped them record to basically troll this community of people that are observing this. It's pretty wild. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Um... Because I, I, I watched Shazam with Sinbad growing up. I watched it many, many times. So did my husband. And when we were dating, we were like, oh, let's, we had a conversation about genie movies. And we just said, oh, let's watch that um, Shazam. And so we both started looking for it and couldn't find it. And we're like, oh, the only this weird version with an NBA player is, is doing it. And that's a weird spelling. That's not how you spell it. But we, we just thought, 
what's what where's our movie but let me ask you this what was the storyline that you remember oh i never saw it i never, never saw, saw it? it okay All no right, no so I, I never saw it but i for me i know it existed because i saw it ad i saw it advertised heavily and i also remember when the shack movie the other one you're talking about kazam came out like a year or two later i thought what a ripoff of the shazam but I never watched the Shazam because it never really interests me. I was never a, a Sinbad thing. And, and here's the thing too, is if that movie uh, was just, say they just pulled it, right. To like run a sigh up on people and they hid what copies they had left, people would still have copies and you would still be able to find evidence of advertisements and posters and things of it. There's nothing. It's all gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this is the storyline that I remember because I watched it many times. It did not have two kids. It had one boy. He was kind of a preteen. He kind of was a white boy. He looked kind of like a Sean Austin lookalike. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was raised by a single mom. He lived in the inner city. He was raised by a single mom. And he got bullied. He, I remember scenes of him being chased down the alley because he got bullied. Um, and, you know, he missed his dad. His dad was gone. Um, but he came across the genie and the genie through a series of funny events, helped the boy out with his bullying, his, the bullies and helped him out with his relationship with his mom and basically school and basically, you know, help the kid out. And by the end of it, the kid was much happier um, he, it, with his life. And uh, it just it ended up being kind of a, a happy tale, but that was the story of Shazam, uh, a, a magical genie that helped a preteen white boy get over his bullies and his school issues with a single mom. You know what else doesn't exist anymore? Hmm. Sean Austin, who you just mentioned, his name changed and his name is Sean Aston. Now he has no U in his last name anymore. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? Um, yeah, that, but it, it looked a lot like him. The, the, yeah. the boy looked a lot like him. So the spook that... Um, that um, the comedian did to hey I found the old copy he didn't even get the storyline right because you can ask anybody who watched the movie and I've asked plenty of people who watch and remember that movie because they watched many times growing up they always have the same storyline for the most part from what they remember there was never a, a brother and a sister there was never a brother and a sister mm-hmm. so even Sinbad completely got it wrong trying to spook them because he told a different storyline that was not the story Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, fun, fun, fun. So now, that's interesting. I ne- I never saw it, so that's interesting to hear you break down the storyline. You actually told a lot more of the storyline than I've heard from just about anybody, really. As I far watched as it. That. I watched it plenty of times, plenty of times. Um, and uh, you know, the other the other thing, let's 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 end the Mandela effect quiz with one last fun one. Um, the the music band Queen. The known for the champion song and they're yeah. they're the chorus sign line for the champion song can you sing it for us please yes well the ending uh is what the the, the thing in question is and it's it used to say because we are the champions of the world and now it's never said of the world 
at the end of the song. It does still have it in some of the chorus parts. That's why I specified. But at the end of the song, we all remember the song closing out like that. It doesn't say of the world. Not only does it not say of the world, it's really weird because sometimes when these shifts happen, for whatever reason, sometimes it's sloppy. And even though the words of the world are missing, it's like the song just like it stays going for a couple seconds and there's nothing there. It's not even like yeah. it just ends. It's like it, it goes on for like three or four seconds where the words would be, yeah. but nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? I love that one. I'm a music one. I'm like, so whenever whenever um, people sing that, most of me and my friends go, oh, the world. But anyone who just stops right there and just let it go like, oh, you're from a different reality. <laughs> so, yep. um, all right. So let's go beyond that uh, and, uh, and get into personal stuff. So, um, Brian, tell us some of your personal experiences jumping between parallel realities. And what were the difference that you remember between one version of reality to another? Oh, well, I have a good one for you. That's oh, a, sure. a story. Uh, the big one for that for me would be my neighborhood has changed. Uh, the, neighborhood, the, the entire name of the, the name of the neighborhood completely changed from what it's always been. Uh, so the neighborhood used to be called Centerville. It changed Centralville about three years ago. Mm. Okay? Mm. Now, there's no record of its changing. There's no, it, it's always been Centralville in this reality. But the amount of evidence that I've shown for this, it it, it it blow your mind. But not only did I show physical evidence that we can all look up, I started calling everybody in the area, okay? Mm-hmm. So the way I noticed it is I went to a top donut with my boss, he just driving. We come around the drive through. I'm looking down at the food and I hear him real confused go Centralville, Centralville. And I look up and I saw the sign and the stone monument that said Centerville Memorial Park now said Centralville Memorial Park. Now, I was already about, uh, you know, four years into this stuff, the shifts, but I was already making videos for several months. I started making my videos in 2018. We didn't really get to that, but I took a three year break. I came back. I started doing videos on this in like 2018. I knew what it was right away when he said it. I looked up and I was like, oh, my God, this is what my co-host Gloria used to tell me about. Um, Wait till you have a personal Mandela effect, Brian, because it's going to be really crazy. But this one gets crazy for everybody. So and again, this is the hometown of Ed McMahon, by the way. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it changed to Centerville. But nobody's taking what we call that update. Right. So all the people in Lowell they still think it's Centerville. Even now, three years later, there's very few that actually call it what it is now, Centralville. Now, what's interesting is I called every business that literally is in that center square and it has a view of the sign. And I called the hardware store, the donut shop, the appliance place, all of them. And I asked them, what neighborhood are you in? Centralville, Centerville. Nobody says Central. Then I, I, call, I, I started calling cab companies. They, they started to get annoyed with me. Then we got to watch some of the stuff that was based off it change in real time. So there was, a, there, was a, there was a place in the next town over called Centerville Sportsman's Club, right? But it's not in the city of Lowell where that neighborhood Centerville is. So I showed it in one of my videos. I said, hey, look. Here's what I would probably consider more residue because they named it Centerville based off that this used to be Centerville, but it's in the next town over, so I won't use it. And then a couple of weeks later, that changed from Centerville Sportsman Club to Centralville Sportsman Club. Mm. I called the business, called this, 
there's a business that was called the Centerville Social Club, but it changed to Centralville. I called the lady on the phone. She was getting aggravated. I asked her to go outside and look at the sign on her building, you know, because you, mm-hmm. you're not in Centerville. You're not in Centerville anymore. It's Centralville. Mm-hmm. So that that's a huge one for me. And what's really crazy is I think there's a third reality bleeding over or whatever. Like, it's just really wild. It's hard to explain real quick, but that neighborhood's changed. Ed McMahon's from there. I'm from there. The river, the Merrimack River has changed, the spelling of it. All this stuff has changed. Are you familiar with the Mandela effect to do with the American flag? I'll bring it up if you're not. Go ahead. Go ahead. And it's going to tie into the historical stuff later if we get there. The American flag in this reality, if you think of the American flag, what color stripe, guys, is underneath the blue Starbucks? Now, what I always remember is there was the red stripe there. You call it the blood stripe. In this reality now, the white stripe is underneath the blue stars on every American flag. Guess where there's an American flag etched in stone with the red stripe under the blue, just like I remember. Right on that monument that changed. Right mm. on. And not only does not only did it shift but it has the old flag on it. It has the flag with the red stripe under the blue, which is currently wrong, okay? Etched in stone, but it's in a veterans park with a bunch of regular American flags stuck in the ground on flagpoles. Mm-hmm. They're all white stripe. They're all white stripe under the blue. Now this gets, this gets even crazier. So this story went on for a while. I made a series of like 12, 13 videos. I was taking Uber rides. They, I'd be, uh, they'd be like, where are you going? And I'd be like, oh, I live in Lowell on this street. They'd be like, oh, Centerville? Yeah, and I'm recording. All, this is all recorded. And, I, and I'm recording the Uber driver, and I'm like, you ever find it weird that you just called it Centerville and you said you lived there for 20 years and I'm from there? But your GPS says Centralville. She's like, yeah, what is all that about? I was like, when was the first time you noticed? She said, when I looked at my son's baseball uniform. She's the second person that told me that. There's one guy I know, he was my age. He posted a picture of like a picture of him when he was in Little League, right? So the picture's 20 years old, and he wrote Centerville Royals on it. His hat in the picture says Centralville on it because it's now shifted. Mm-hmm. So what he's saying on it, he's captioning his own photo wrong. Like, it's really crazy. Centerville is gone off all the maps. It just says Centralville now. Even crazier, Lowell. So the neighborhood... Centerville changed to Centralville. Centerville's never existed. They just built a new dog park. It's in Centralville. They named it the Centerville Dog Park. They mm. named it after the old reality that's never existed. So I'm going to call City Hall. I've already called City Hall and recorded them. City Hall thinks it's Centerville. Everybody thinks it's Centerville, but it's Centralville now. So that's a big one for me, but it, it changed again. Uh, I, I shouldn't say it changed again, but I just went there a month ago. Now, I just did a video. It's only a minute and a half long. There's this new stone monument that's there. And it has a third spelling of the neighborhood etched in stone in the same park, Centraville. And now on Facebook, I'm starting to see people calling it Centraville in the Centralville neighborhood group. It's like there's three different realities going on, right? I know it it might sound a little... uh, I don't know, crazy of me to say this, but I think there's something special going on, like where I'm from, right there in that town, like uh, the energy there. I don't know what's going on, but it's like a reality shift vortex there. It's mm. wild. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had I, I I do six sense consultations and um of course parallel reality sh- um, shifting consultations, and all the time. But by the time they come to me, um, they've gone and tried most everything, and uh and they're having personal reality shifts, personal Mandela effects, like like what you you're saying, um or uh their their friend will have like. less children than they previously remember and they know the names they know what they look like they know everything about those children that do not exist uh or they will have remembrances of certain events that never existed but them and their friend attended that no they both have corroborating stories um but Mm -hmm. everybody else doesn't remember that and so you get a lot of these personal um, shifts that goes beyond logos and commercial changes and those are the ones that freak a lot of people out because now they're going how can I exist in reality now uh, with things changing Um, you know and and in Buddhism we say that you have kind of graduated to another level of consciousness whereby you're you are being previewed to more reality uh, because reality it there's different versions of reality and there's different versions of you and everybody else and you're previewed to the one that matches your personal frequency a lot of these events also happen in areas where there's a lot of high energy or like you would call a vortex point or a portal point they happen as well but oftentimes when they happen it's not like there's a there's the like the sci-fi this portal that opened up and you walk through yeah. what happens is an instant change it's like you blink your eye and all of a sudden there's a whole nother tree that wasn't there before or a whole new walmart that never that's ne- oh it's happened to you too what was your experience the with tree, that? the trail oh, i had that too not just the neighborhood uh buildings trees a lot of people talk about this a lot. I haven't had that many personal effects. I have friends in the community that have definitely had two trees pop up on me when I was staying with a friend in California. Uh, one was just ridiculous. Right outside her door, all of a sudden, there's this tree that's like, it's not like a massive tree, but it's like a 10-foot tree that was obviously planted like a year ago or something. And it's right in the in the grass walkway. There's this little strip of grass walkway right outside the door. There's one, and now there's a tree that uh, a friend of mine has had a lot of palm trees pop up around his house and i've also had a laundromat uh come out of nowhere uh in centerville as well that that just was not there and then all of a sudden this laundromat's been there for it years shows up yeah yeah it just shows up i uh yeah so totally un- understandable let me ask you there was a common thing that was happening with myself and others who are more self-aware of um changes in different versions of reality um did you see any kind of black helicopters at any point of in, in these? You didn't. You didn't come across any kind of black helicopters hovering over your house or apartment. No, I didn't. I, I, I tell you, I have talked to a few people that are highly perceptive to this that have, but I've never, I've never had that experience. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I had that experience back in, I want to say like 2010. We were, li- my husband and I, we were living in our old previous house. And across from, uh, behind me was another metaphysical um, speaker. But anyways, uh, it happened a couple of times. Um, I would be sitting there watching TV and then just be this loud helicopter, like it's right above my roof. I would go out and it would be really high. So you don't know where it's, you know, why it's in the neighborhood, it's somewhere in the neighborhood. But um it, it, another time, it was really loud. I went out, I looked at it, I pulled my 
my boyfriend, my husband at t- now, but I pulled him out um, to come and look. And he looked up and he saw the black helicopter too. And I said, this is the black helicopter that keeps showing up in um, when I'm just kind of watching TV. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure if it's monitoring the other house or it's monitoring our house. Or what's... But this time when, when I brought my husband out, out to our deck to go look up and see the black helicopter, it was a big yellow helicopter. And it was a big yellow helicopter, and it was literally hovering not far from the top of the tree between both our houses, just staying there. And it stayed there for like 10 minutes. And so, of course, I would go and flip it off because <laughs> that's I'm, I'm a rebel. rebel. I'm a rebel like that. Um, but, you know, and I was just, you know, be like, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? All that kind of stuff. But, but um, I, I've had another friend. She was just meditating on the beach and this huge garment uh, black helicopter had just come down and just hovered above her where she's meditating and then she I had another client who would be um, doing yoga and he lives in a farm and then this huge all of a sudden out of nowhere this huge she said this, this huge helicopter would come over and kind of hover above him for about 15 minutes not going anywhere it's he lives in the farm area so this country that's just grass you don't see anything there's nothing yeah. around so why yeah. would they be interested in this guy just doing yoga on his property so we have we have these experiences now i have not seen these for many many years now but uh back around 2010 i did start seeing them 2010 20 to 2012 all that kind that time frame i did start seeing seeing them and a lot of people saw these annoying I, black I saw, helicopters yeah I definitely saw the conversations of people talking about it. I, at the time, uh, you know, I didn't put any credence into it. I didn't know if it was credible or not, you know, and I kind of just, you know, didn't pay any attention to it, but I definitely heard a lot of people talking about it right around the time I just started to look into 9-11 and other things. People were talking about that. And I was, I just never went, you know, looked into it because I never had the experience. If I had the experience, obviously I would have looked into it a lot, but it just hadn't happened to me. So black helicopters. So, um, I even remember, like, there was one time I worked in downtown Seattle at um, basically across from the the Seahawks Stadium. And this one time I looked over into this hillside neighborhood and I saw four black helicopters in close proximity hovering over this neighborhood for about maybe about 10 minutes, four. I was like, what's going on down there? So, but that was all within a short period of time that the, the, the black helicopter phenomenon was happening. And I found that it was a lot of people doing like myself who were becoming self-aware, who are self-aware, who are you know, working, work, many of them happen to be working on their raising their frequency, consciousness, awakening, that kind of work, that kind of space, um, very metaphysical people. And I'm not sure if that is a, do you think it's like a little, nudge, like, hey, the mate, the matrix is here watching you like we know you're starting to peel back the layer a little bit like we're still here i don't i don't i don't know but it when you're by yourself and you're isolated it's 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 easy to just kind of wipe things off and so forth but when there's a community coming together going what are you getting how are you navigating all that kind of stuff that that's a whole different different thing um so that, that the black helicopter phenomenon is still some, something that um, has a big question mark for me and a lot of people. And it's not happened in many years 
for me and others. I haven't heard about that. It was like a short blimp. So I'm not sure what that was all about. Um, okay, so before we get to this next question, uh, let me explain what a PSYOP is. Okay, for people who aren't familiar with what a PSYOP is. So according to Wikipedia, a PSYOP is short for psychological operations which are used by military and police forces to influence the beliefs, emotions, and behaviors of its citizens. For example, during Operation Desert Storm, the US military drops leaflets advertising that those who surrender would avoid casualty and instead be rewarded with bananas and treated well. Upon arrival, Thousands of Iraqis surrendered for safety and bananas. So uh, it prevented a much worse war. So that's so the first PSYOP that you believe you witnessed was 9-11. Tell us exactly think, what that experience was for you. I think that definition they give you is crap on Wikipedia because they try and make it look like a PSYOP is like, like they did this thing for humankind by tricking these people. So they just surrender and there's no bloodshed in reality. Yeah. I'd put the military and the police on the PSYOP list, but the real people running the big PSYOPs are the media. The mainstream media is running the PSYOP on everybody. And that's what they don't want you to realize. Uh, basically, you know, I'm, I'll try and keep it safe for your channel. Say, I know you're putting this everywhere, but um, basically everything they put in front of you on the screen is fabricated reality and you should invest energy into it. Um, that's the way I feel about it. Um, my journey uh, into these topics, it goes a lot deeper than a lot of other, you know, people that talk about false flags and conspiracies and stuff. I've come to find that all these, they are indeed psyops, um, but they're much deeper than what Wikipedia described there. And I honestly believe that they are all fabricated fear events to keep people in a certain state of mind. And I do believe that there's certain rules to this uh, universe or whatever, even by the controllers. And I do believe that the way that it works is that they don't just go out and like just mass murder people, but they do trick people into many things with deceit. They do get people to do things by consent. And if they trick you with a PSYOP and then you go to war and you really get hurt, you consented to go get hurt. Um, just like if they convince you to put something in your body, for instance, uh, you did consent to it. You know what the ramifications were. You weren't held down. Um, so I, I, oh. I think that, uh, yeah. Hey, Brian, with regards to putting stuff in your body, have you tried the newest, um, there's a new phenomenon that people are doing. Uh, I'll, I'll show you really quick. So um, I'm pulling up my phone, everyone, for the on the audio viewers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm pulling up my phone and I'm pulling up an app. So there's an, there's an app that you guys can all get on Play Store, uh, which is like Bluetooth Finder. And it's almost kind of like a little bit of a game, not to be too insensitive, but it's basically trying to find all the Bluetooth signals that are around. Okay. And um, so here's, here's, my, here's the app on the phone. Okay, I download the BLE scanner and the and this app gives you a proximity. Let me see if you guys can see that a proximity. So there's far mm -hmm. uh, near or immediate, which is really close to you. And basically, I'm at my home right now. So there's only maybe three different Bluetooth signals running around. 
Um, but the interesting thing is when you guys look at the Bluetooth around is it'll show all the Bluetooth in here. Uh, it basically says NA and then it has the, the Mac address for where the signal is coming from, coming from. But if you click on NA, because it doesn't have a name, the Bluetooth doesn't have a name, but when you click on it, it, it comes out with more information. It says not bonded. So it's not bonded by a telephone company yet. Okay. So, and then you try to connect and it says disconnected because it's not bonded. It's not linked up yet. Um, but what I found interesting is that I would go to the gym and I would turn on my Bluetooth finder and there would be like a hundred of these just going through. A majority of them are NA. Some of them will say Samsung X6, TV Willis, you know, they have names. And like, like at our home, if we have a Bluetooth on any of our devices, it, they have names because they are assigned to an owner. Like they're assigned to the phone company or they, you know, we, you name it something. It, it makes you name it or it assigns a name. But these have no names, they're just called NA. And they're not bonded to anything, to any service. There is no service attached to them. And when, you, when I go to the gym, I can see about 75 to 100 of, of these. Most of them are non-bonded. I go to a, 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 a daycare facility with my, with my children and you see a whole lot less. But then, uh, like if I go to a festival and I turn it on, um, and I'll be around nobody, I'll close my eyes and I'll take a look at the proximity and something will come in my radius real close to me and I'll look around, there'll be somebody there. So it is uh -huh. something that it is something that's going on, um, but uh, you know, it's, some, it's a phenomenon that is happening with Bluetooth and not all of them are walking around with cell phones on them. And even if they were, yeah. it would have a name attached to it because my cell phone comes up Vaughn's Samsung Galaxy S7 on yeah. everybody's phone. Because it's yeah, the name. Like and my mind would too, you know, or if I looked at my phone on a network, it would say Brian's uh, Galaxy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and whatever phone company you're, you know, you're with. These Bluetooth signals do not. They're not bonded with anything. They have no name. You can't connect to them for, uh, for whatever reason. And, um, and they move around. They move around on you. So you can move around with nobody around. And the minute somebody moves around with you, they must be having some kind of Bluetooth signal coming off their phone or something. But yeah. and it changes all it, the amount changes all the time. So um, half of my family got it. Um, so I, I, I pray for them a lot because I don't know what's happening. But when I see these kind of things that, that my clients will send to me, I'm like, well, let me try it out and let's do some research in this phenomenon. Just kind of like uh, with the Mandela effect. Well, let's just do some research into this. This is happening. This is interesting phenomenon is happening into our reality let's do some research and try to kind of check on each other and be like okay what did you get what did you get you know so try to make sense of what's happening in real time um but that's something that that i recommend um you trying as well and see if it has a change in your mandela effects as well to yeah. see yeah. um but anyway so 
your 9-11 experience, getting back to that, I know my 9-11 experience. So with regards to PSYOPs, I'm not saying what, you know, what's the real story, what's not the real story. I'm not going to argue that. But I will say there was, I mean, I watched that whole day. I was in college and I remember watching the towers come down. And for the first tower, the um, plane hit and then when it came down, it came straight down, straight down perfect. And I was looking at that with my um, boyfriend at a time, ex-husband at a time. And I was looking at that. And I was like, well, that's something strange, but you're getting caught up in the drama of it. So I never thought about it. But another time when the second one came down, it just came down straight collapse. Mm. Perfect. Came down straight collapse. And when you watch the footage, all the other buildings weren't affected. Um, I know for a fact, uh, and so does my husband, because in Seattle, they blew down and demolished the kingdom. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And when they did the kingdom, because my ex husband had worked on that demolition. Um, they had uh, Turner Construction, which is the, one of the big construction companies, go around all the buildings around them and make sure and retrofit that everything was sound so they wouldn't be affected. And since everything is all the windows, there's windows and glasses and stuff that the, the blasts won't hit the windows. And so what they do at the Kingdom demolition is they put the demo in certain parts of the building so that it comes down perfect. Because if you don't put the blast demolition into certain parts of the building so that it comes down perfect before affecting all the surrounding and the surrounding buildings um, in the kingdom where the new Seahawks stadium is in Seattle, across the street is another hotel. Across the other side of the street is another hotel. So they have to be very precise on how they demo the kingdom. Yep. And, um, and otherwise, if it was a natural demolition, like a fire Okay, or a fire that took out a certain side and weakened a certain side. What happens is just like you see in all other fires in all buildings, if it weakens, if it weakens a certain part first, what happens is the rest start falling in that part where it's weak. Okay. That's why they, that's why when you look at all um, houses and buildings that burn, naturally they all fall to a side somehow because they're following the, the yeah. pattern. But with that and the, speed, and the speed at which they showed whether that was real footage or not i don't know but the speed at which they showed the collapse i mean that's just ridiculous to think that something is collapsing like that and not being blown up i mean <laughs> yeah yeah so from 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 my experience uh and from my ex-husband's experience of understanding how because and we had front row seats to the columbia towers which is a really tall tower that has a beautiful view bird's eye view of um of the the demo that thing came down um but there was a lot of work to make sure that that thing came down perfect and quick mm -hmm. and didn't fall any part but didn't fall over and hit the other buildings across the street from it so when i saw the same looking demo with 9-11 that's when i was like it's one of those head scratchers there's something weird about what I'm watching here, but I don't know exactly what it is because you don't think about that stuff at the time. Okay. So, um, so there's, 
So that's just that alone, but that's my personal experience. What was your experience of 9-11 that you think that maybe it was more than what is being told? Oh, well, my experience with 9-11 through all my research into it, once you start to get past, you know, having any faith in the media and you're actually willing to call into question all of their footage and everything, it turns out, in my opinion, that 9-11 is a completely fabricated event. Uh, from everything from the airplanes to them telling you thousands of people were trapped in the buildings. I mean, if you actually go and you look, uh, first of all, you won't find one video of the thousands of people streaming out of the towers on that day. You won't find what you will find, too, is much like what I've seen in the last two years, empty hospitals, except empty on 9-11 in New York City, like that night and everything with no chaos going on, people looking like they're just on a smoke break and further and further when you start to investigate into things that a lot of people don't want to go down this road, like the death certificates and everything of all the people that were supposedly passed. There's over 2,600 of them that are completely missing. There's a lot of companies that appear to be completely fabricated as far as their stories in the building. And there's actually a lot of uh, documentation showing that towers are actually down to 20% occupancy by 1998. It's in a book by a guy named Eric Darton. Um, there's a lot of problems when you, when you, when you're really, and people can do it a little easier now to maybe call some of these things out or actually question, like, is it even real what we're watching? But in 2010, let me tell you, even in the 9-11 truth movement, I was very much shunned for these ideas. Once you start getting past the normal, oh, well, it's an inside job and the government slotted thousands of people in broad daylight and I don't believe that's what happened. I don't believe that that's what they do. And if you try and it, it, people should take that in kind of a good light. Like if you think about it, like I don't think humans are as bad as they want you to think. I don't think, you know, this corrupt police and CIA agents and FBI, right? But I don't think they're going to sign off on murder in broad daylight in New York City. I just don't think that they're going to sign off on that. And, um, you know, you talked about the kingdom being demolished, right? And the other buildings around it and... uh <clears throat> What do they do, though, when they demolish a building? Well, they demolish it without people in it. <laughs> and I, I, I think that the towers were brought down without people in it that day. And that's really wild to some people. But I will say this. Check out my work on it. My work on that goes much deeper than even the Mandela effect. And a lot of people will get to the point now where they'll realize, well, there's a lot of problems with the, with the airplanes on 9-11. There's a lot of people that will recognize that some of the footage has different trajectories of the flights, different color planes and all this, but then they'll stop there. But that's not where it ends. The government wants you, the governments, whoever's running this place, they want you in fear over fabricated events. They want you to fear your neighbor. They want you to think people are so easy. Think about this. If I walked up to you and you were a cop and I said, hey, you know, you got to go along with the PSYOP, right? And um, we're going to take care of you and your family and we're going to promote you and you don't have to worry about a thing. But, you know, a couple thousand people might die here today. Literally, like no cop is going to go along with that. I know people think they're all they're not going to just do that. But let's rephrase it. Hey, we're going to go along with the PSYOP. We're going to take care of you and your family. There's going to be this big lie that's going to go on in the world. But I'm going to guarantee you that nobody's going to get a single hair hurt on their head here today. Now, the amount of people that are going to go along with it just went from 0% to, who knows, 70 80%, maybe higher. And, and they're spun it in a way that they think it's patriotic and they're doing their nation a thing, right? But they're not signing off on mass murder in their hometown. You yeah, know? yeah. And I know, 
Yeah. I I I would say watch like I don't really watch the news very much. Okay, so I'm a little bit naive when it comes to current affairs, but I do pick up enough to know what everybody's talking about. Okay. And when everybody's talking about something, I might go and look and 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 but I look, but I look with a deeper eyes. And so, okay, so this is March of 2022, and there's a current event that everybody's talking about um, that could potentially lead to the worst fears about a, 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 a large-scale war. But when I watch some of the footage, <laughs> yeah, okay, when I watch some of the footage, I notice people aren't moving in the background. I noticed some of the images that have gone viral. Wow, she's got really nice manicured nails and perfect makeup to look so vigilant in her war outfit. You know, I, 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 noticed, I noticed those things. And um, as a woman, because, you know, I, I get dolled up for, the, for these podcasts um, and so forth. Uh, but when I'm just l- laying around the house, you know, I'm no makeup and your hair is up, all that kind of casual stuff. And every woman knows this. If you're in the middle of a war, okay, and you're a fighting, is there any possibility that you're going to be dolled up? No. Absolutely not. You're gonna look like like you have been caught up in it's been a while since you've taken a shower. It's been a while since you've gotten a chance to take care of yourself, all that kind of stuff. So when when you when you're I'm not saying things aren't happening. I'm just saying the scale and the narrative may not be exactly what is being told. And when you look deeper into some of these images with deeper eyes, um, and everybody's looking at it and cross-referencing um, things that they're noticing, you might notice that some things don't add up. And that's where it leads you down a whole nother rabbit but hole. One trick I can tell you that the media always does that applies for all these, whether you're talking about the war thing, whether you're talking about 9-11 or anything, right? They'll always show something that looks so ridiculous, like some of the footage that I'm telling you, it looks ridiculous, but then they'll tell you, Oh, it was just like a movie. The people on the streets, ah, the buildings blew up. Oh, and it was just like a movie. It was something like a diehard Bruce Willis movie. All these 9-11 witnesses are telling you they're implanting that in your head. So when you see something on TV that doesn't look like it could be real, well, they're, they're telling you it's just like a movie. So you're associating it with your, it is Hollywood and you're associating with what you know of Hollywood, but they're telling you that this means it's real. Just like what they do with the outer space stuff. Elon Musk, he, he supposedly, you know, sends this, this ridiculous convert. People think there's a convertible red car with a mannequin in it doing laps around the sun. It's insane. Now, I don't know what this place is exactly. And a lot of people do seem to make claims further than what they can prove. I, I'll definitely admit that. But it's certainly not what NASA has presented us, the space agencies, and they give us the most ridiculous images. Elon Musk is he's just a puppet, but he's supposedly, you know, leading SpaceX and he puts this car in space. They interview him and he's like, I think it was ridiculous and impossible. It looks so fake. It must be real. Again, with that lining, it looks so fake. It must be real. Think about what does that even mean? It looks so fake that it must be real. Literally brainwashing people like, hey, you see something so fake on TV, but it's real because we're telling you it's real. The, the How far the fakeness goes with the screen and the TV and the media, it's very, very deep. And all I will say is like some of the things I said 
about 9-11 or maybe what you said about the war might trigger some people, but there is enough evidence that you guys need to look. And I would tell you that in my, especially with my journey, just like with what's going on in the last two years, I took 14 flights in a row with no mask to show people to not live in fear. You always, I would always default to whatever they're putting on the screen is BS. If you think there's merit to it and you want to buy into it, do some research into it before you, I wouldn't take in any fear energy from the screen at all. I think it's all fabricated. It's fear and division. And that's how they control us. They divided us with, with nationalities and uh, fake patriotism, this country versus that country. Come on. If, if you didn't see from COVID over the last two years, if there's one thing you didn't learn, no matter what people's thoughts are on it, all these nations are in cahoots, lockstep right down the line. I mean, oh, yeah. to think that, gonna go to, to think that, that Russia and the U.S. are going to go to a world, oh, and Russia is going to leave our astronaut on the space station. And it's like, oh, they, these stories, they just pile them on top of each other and people just eat it up. It's theater. It's theater. I mean, the left-right paradigm, everybody's, you know, caught up in that. And it's just like, oh, you got to let go of all that. I, I really mm-hmm. do think what I've learned in the last few years uh, especially with how crazy things really got in the last two years is um, there is a, there is a, the physical that's been put here for us with all the deceptions is very much separate than the supernatural that we're experiencing. And we're not going to fix that system that they have going me and you and come out here talk about reality shifts. We're not going to fix that system though. So we have to learn what we're going to do in our own lives, try and operate out of their nonsense as much as possible. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. I mean, you know, regardless of people's perspective on these different changes in different versions of reality, just like I said earlier, I will, you know, because in Buddhism, we we are the master of, and we have dominion over reality. So if you can get the master to think and believe certain things, then they will create it. They will manifest it. You get the dreamers to dream a certain dream, they will dream it into reality. Like we in Buddhism, we really do believe that the higher frequency, higher conscious beings uh, who have mastery and dominion over um, the matrix are the ones who are making things into like we are all doing it on a small level in our life, but we are making the things that we think, believe, and feel real. We're we're bringing we're anchoring into our reality. So that's the concept. And um, I've tested that myself, but it, until you have those experiences, um, it's just, you know, theory. So I will, I will ask this, I will ask this in regard to that. So in Buddhism, the nature of samsara or what we would call reality or existence itself allows for polarity as a tool of creation. So you need an up and down, right, left. It allows for it. Okay. A, a negative battery can't or a battery can't look at its negative side and say, now you stop being negative. Okay. So I'm just going to be positive. It, it, it allows for it. that's, that's, the, that's the nature of creation. So therefore it's allowed. However, not everyone is going to subscribe to the same thing. And that's fine because we're all creators of our reality, whether we do it consciously like you and I are doing it, or we do it unconsciously like many other people who just go, Oh, you know, push it away. So here's the thing. What do you say to people who challenge you on these topics by calling you and the Mandela Effect community, people who, I mean, even outside of the West, in, in, in Asia, we just call it shifting parallel realities. And those, those are those people who are able to do it better. They're Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. They're just higher vibe people who are able to 
navigate the matrix much more clearly um, than others. But what do you call those people who call these people, these reality shifters, a fraud? Because they're not quite self-aware or completely understand the experience yet. Oh, well, I, you know, I don't like being called a fraud by any of those people. And um, I don't what do I call them? Did you ask me what I call them? I don't I don't have a name for them. I do call them something. Like, I call them deniers. I mean, how do, you, how do you not get angry over it? How do you not get I angry do, no, over I, it? Oh, I, it? It's hard to not get angry. And I do get angry sometimes. Anybody watching my channel will see. But I, I try and do it in a composed way. I get very passionate, but I don't come out. I don't like, you know. Uh, but I liked what I like to do is just continue to prove because, <clears throat> okay. While, although uh, they might not be aware of it or accept it, they're going through exactly what we're going through. Maybe not at the same level. I, I, I can't think of, I've ever found one person that I couldn't trip up by presenting what we call Mandela effects to them and get them to answer the old way time and time again, word for word. So they, they have the same experience and the same memory as us, but they do have this thing that just wants to block out. I think a lot of them are scared of the supernatural. I think is what it comes down to. Mm. So people like that, that are just scared of it. I, I, I take it a little easier on them, but if they're going to like verbally bash us and assault us, it's just like, all right, we're just going to keep going and keep doing our thing. And uh, I call them trapped in the physical type people. I mean, it's just that that's what they are. They don't want to see uh, past the physical. And there's a lot of people that are really triggered by this topic. Oh, yeah. It's kind of me because I, uh, you know, these other topics, you know, 9-11, Flat Earth, you know, all these other things that are huge and polarizing things. And there's a lot of smart, open-minded people that will look at these types of topics that, you know, you're told, you know, don't anybody that talks about that is just crazy, crazy, crazy. But then when it comes to the Mandela effect, they revert back to the things that science say about misremembering and, mm -hmm. you know, you mix up the Monopoly man with Mr. Peanut and all this ridiculous stuff. And it's like, you have the same memory as us. It's like, it's very, it's very frustrating, especially when the, what they do is they make arguments saying that we don't have any evidence. Meanwhile, I could show you like thousands of pieces of evidence for every Mandela effect I talk about. The people that actually don't have evidence are the ones that are saying, that's just a company changing. That's just a logo changing. That's just a different translation of the Bible. That's just a different DVD release of the movie, Brian. They've never once come back and shown me where I was wrong on any one of the uh, changes mm -hmm. that you could easily debunk with something like that. So it's actually them that doesn't do any research. Um, it, it And I think a lot of it is because they're scared. And I think a lot of people do get in a comfort zone with a lot of truths as well. And they don't really want to advance. They kind of they kind of want to stay where they're at. But I, I get where this could be a little scary. But let me say for the people that are scared, I noticed the first year or two, a lot of people, this didn't go for me because I, like I said, I was no fail long before this. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of people do, they do get scared of it in the beginning. Um, but I can tell you as somebody that's experienced this a lot and everybody I've talked to, we haven't really had, and maybe you, you might have, I don't know anybody that's really had too many super negative reality shift it, it's mostly positive or neutral or things to grab your attention it's not like you woke up one day and your leg was missing or something or even the the anatomy changes and things uh if anything they're improvements they're, they're improvements that i think the creator has given us so i don't think there's anything to be scared of and i think some of the things that people get too as well is is uh they they want you and this is getting into my take on what i think is happening but i don't think it's man or machine causing this but science would love you to believe that 
first thing they want you to believe it's mismembering, nothing's happening. But if you do realize something's happening, oh, it's CERN, oh, it's D-Wave, it's us scary computers. And that's when people get scared. They get scared of that too. Oh, these people have control over our reality like that. You have control over your reality, not these people. They would love for you to think that they're playing God or whatever, but they're not. They think they are, but they don't have that ability. That's my take. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would definitely concur in in Buddhism. This is a Buddhist Buddhism podcast, and we talk a lot of metaphysical topics. But um, and I've written three books on parallel realities in Buddhism and Hinduism. And it goes back thousands and thousands of years. And in the Vedas, it goes back to like 27,000 years ago. But it's advanced studies in consciousness is for the advanced consciousness it's not for everyone um being self-aware of shifting between one one version of reality to another version of reality with parallel people and parallel versions of yourself because when you shift to another reality you might shift to a reality where you also have a birthmark that was never there on your body but your mom remembers that birthmark your whole life Okay, Mm -hmm. so, you know, obviously your consciousness has moved to a version of reality where you're this is the version of your body in this reality until the next time. So, you know, there's there's elements of that as well. And so it's easy to get jaded. It's easy to not care. It's easy to not value, you know, every different experience. You're like, oh, it's not even real. But whether it's whether it's it's this person is real in this current reality or this person was as another version of the person that you knew it's still the person that you know it's still like your mom it's still your dad it's still your best friend it's still your your spouse or boyfriend girlfriend in this reality you still love them and they still love you um whether it's a different version or not now you just get to date or get to know them this version a little bit better so it's kind of like a second chance but yeah i would agree that typically when you raise your frequency and you become more self-aware you get into higher and higher versions that are better but sometimes it's hard to know if you went into a better reality or not when you start seeing um just certain chaos like these psyops or like the last two years um with 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 the problems with how that rolled out so you know, it's it's hard to see, well, did I go into a better version or did I go into a worse, worse version? You know, how do you know which version you are getting into or, is better or, or not? Or how about what if, what if over the last two years, like we were still here for a little bit kind of idle in this version and these people that are all acting crazy came into our reality? Yeah, that's and another we, one too. You know, well, I think that's very possible because I noticed several months before the thing rolled out, you know, at the end of 2019, early 2020, uh, that that people had acted all of a sudden uh, bringing up this topic that we're talking about. People have gotten very combative about it and very aggressive. Uh, like really uh, a few people had called into my show that I got into fist fights because family members were swinging punches at them for talking about Mandela effect. Uh, and also, uh, I did feel something else. There was another shift. I felt that all the people that are, I'm surrounded with it in my community, and I'm sure people like yourself, um, I, I sensed that we all kind of got like an, a, a consciousness update of creativity. I saw a lot of creativity come out of the community of people I'm around, whereas these other people, you know, some people call them NPCs or whatever, you know, whatever, the normies, they got really, really aggressive. So I, it makes me, you know, did it like a dark spell come over this world? Was it a big shift? Did those people come in from somewhere else? 
I'm open to all of it. We're trying to figure out what this is. I mean, we're trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm open. I'm open. Now, I'm open. I, there's, a, there's another element that I'm curious about as well. And I, and this is, again, unknown element. But does the uh, make any difference on these people being aggressive to this concept of reality shifts? Because well, this concept of reality shifts challenges their view on God or consciousness or source oh, or the Supreme Creator, well, or whatever you want to call it. Well, that's that that's the big pitch that's the big thing here right this whole thing is a hijacking of the human body and what god has uh created and god's creation's got everybody in fear of what a, a body actually does and honestly i think the biggest agenda of the controllers literally is to hide creation hide the supernatural hide god and for me the mandela effect is proof of all we have things blip into here that were never in this reality even animals and other things organs in our body if that's not proof of creation, I don't really know what is. Um, and also, um, you talked about some people might think, well, what does this reality matter if things are just changing and they get blah, blah, blah. People I know, we've all been brought closer to God from this, or closer to the creative source, as I like to call it, whatever the source is that created this reality. Because uh, I, I look at this place as a test, and we've had just talking about this thing and nine, we've had a lot of tests put in front of us in our physical reality. And I think that this physical reality, we're going to graduate out of it. And I think us recognizing these shifts is essential because where we're going after this, it's going to be all supernatural. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yes. No, I, um, okay. So I, I add a little bit of Buddhism when I have conversations with people. So in, in Buddhism, and I've written this in my books, people who read it, because they're like, oh, yeah, she's repeating the stuff from the books. But in Buddhism, um, 2012 was the year 2555, which is the Buddhist era calendar. Um, in Buddhism, it's 2555, Buddhist era. And it's a changeover from one cycle of Earth's consciousness to a higher cycle. And it, it changes every 25,000, you know, almost 26,000 years. But it, that's a changeover. It's just a higher energy. And higher energy, just like wind, nothing changes. It's just the wind change. And so when the wind changes, it brings things up. It cleans things out. And you got to force to deal with it because all your, your dirty deeds and whatever, you have to deal with it. And the thing is, it's also opportunity to bring up the dense issues that are holding down your frequency and your consciousness, because in these higher realities that manifest faster, um, that open up to more of reality, uh, if you still have unresolved issues that you are hiding, it's just going to be harder to carry that baggage with you in these higher dimensions that of consciousness that, that manifests so much faster. So for example, a lot of people who, who are having an easier time with reality shifts and Mandela effects, many of them are people who really love doing self-help work. They love mm-hmm. the self-help work. Um, you know, they understand religion, but many of them are also very, very open to spirituality and metaphysics. And many of them that as the further you get into metaphysics and spirituality you get into um, multiverse and multiple timelines as well um, which we explain a lot is the consciousness of higher frequency people that they're not just traveling one timeline but they're traveling a multiverse of timelines and they're jumping between different 
timelines as well. So they may have an experience that was in the future. And then all of a sudden they'll have an experience where that hasn't happened yet, but they know it's going to happen. So they just, oh, I'm just going to get this ready for when that person comes around. That could tie into why people have deja vu, right? That could be exactly. That. that could be part of that too. So it's a case-by-case basis. But the point that I'm making is that when you graduate to a level of consciousness that you actually can understand and comprehend that you are creating the reality through your consciousness and your consciousness level, and, and your consciousness level is multidimensional as well, then you've graduated to being um able to see and perceive beings of similar consciousness and in buddhism Mm. we call it the intergalactic humanity there is no timeline it's just whenever you want to grow into that consciousness because those beings are also multi-dimensional and so we have to be multi-dimensional now Mm. nobody we don't want to give everybody a heart attack okay so you gotta get (laughs) Got to gauge a little bit, and I get it. So you guys, some of you guys, just st- stick with Curious George for a couple months and take a look into a few things. Ease yourself in. <laughs> Ease yourself get, in. It does get much, much bigger than it. It really, it really does. It gets to basically what is it to be a human being? What is it? to be life what is it this thing that we call life what is it about this incarnation that we have so you know i once had a client who was so tuned into the matrix that he actually saw the energy forms that held the shape of trees um and i saw what he saw when i tuned in deeply mm-hmm. um how However, he was really, really jaded about life, okay, because he lost the custody of his kids, he lost his motivation for work, what, whatever. And I told him that regardless of if he can see the matrix, um, if he recognizes the changing in the scripts and the psyops and whatever, all the, all the above, he still exists within the game. He still exists within some star within existence. So, and, you know, so there is a reason that he incarnated and it wasn't to live miserably. Okay. So from then on, he, he leveled up um, to using what he knew to take advantage of what I call these game boards, you know, different excursions, different experiences, but he leveled up um, his, his life experience to get his kids back, to clean up his life, to just like, you know, stop letting this ability, the, the sixth sense that he have, um, make him jaded and um, really want him to give up on life. So, you know, because it goes back to, well, if it's all just self-created through our consciousness, why, why even participate? You know, but then the question is, why were you born? Why did you choose to get incarnated? Mm-hmm. So what do you say to people who just, who have this ability um, of insight, who just become jaded about life? Like, no, what this, what's the point? Oh, I mean, I would try and convince them how special they are that they actually see that this stuff is happening because there's so many that aren't. And mm-hmm. I, I would really go at them, go at them with that, how, how special of an experience this is. And uh, I do believe that there's probably a lot of this is tied into like a, uh, you know, a large group manifestation type of thing where where a lot of us, our consciousness might have an influence on this reality as well, as well as an outside force uh, of whatever's going on. So uh, I would try and, 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 yeah, I would try and tell them of, of the special 
specialness that they are. And uh, again, like I would try and convince them, uh, you know, if they've had some really bad, tough experiences, it's hard to convince them that there's nothing uh, bad happening from it. But maybe I would tell them, uh, I don't know. I would tell them my theory on it. Honestly, I would tell them how important I think this is. And I, I, I do, I honestly think to add on to that theory a little bit, uh, I think it's like God's choose your own adventure book that he laid out for us. If you remember what those are. That was, yeah, I remember. I read all of them. That's all I re- ever read growing up. So perfect. So let's say this is God's choose your own adventure book. Right. And what's happening? Well, these people out here that are, you know, participating in all the nonsense and buying all the crap. Well, they're not making any decisions. They're not. They're just reading a book from the beginning to the end and going right with the script where we're, we're making these conscious decisions and choices. I don't think that they're going to get out of here. And I don't mean that in a fearful way. I don't think anybody's going to burn in hell. I think that's fear put out by religion, but I think they're failing the test. So do you think that people that are walking around with the thing on their face right now and uh, you know, buying all the lies, they're not ready to go to the next, to the supernatural level. They're not even ready to talk about, you know, the, the basic level of things here. Yeah. And they're still putting stuff in their body and, and all this. So I think that they're going to repeat. And I think um, I also think that this might sound a little strange, but because we talked about deja vu a little bit, let's just say these people have to repeat and, you know, maybe we graduate to the next level or the supernatural realm where it's more supernatural than it is. I don't know. Right. But let's just say they have to repeat. That's my theory. Now, their soul will repeat. They'll come in a different meat suit, right? But their soul will repeat. And I'm thinking maybe even if they don't say, I don't think they'll stop back at zero, like as far as their graduation process, you know, each life they'll learn a little more until they have enough where they're ready to move on to that. But let's just say like people will say, why there's so many Mandela effects, Brian? Like there's a lot of important ones, but there's so many brands and so many things that seem they don't mean anything. They just change for the reason of changing, right? What if, too many things were similar when these people repeated, they might start to have an experience of, Hey, I was already here. Like, and you know, that's probably not what, you know, the creator wants, but maybe if things are tinkered just enough where not everything is 100% the same, maybe that doesn't trigger that. It's just an idea. I don't know. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just throwing stuff out there and trying to figure this out. Well, that's, well, that's exactly how, that's how we, we do it. So if you have the eyes to see the changes, okay, you have a consciousness level to recognize it. Do you have the consciousness level to really process it without losing the marbles and, you know, your marbles? Okay. The processing part is what tells the difference between, um, you know, a boy and a man when it comes to consciousness or um, a girl and a woman, are you able to process this information without losing it? Okay. And then mm-hmm. furthermore, not just being able to notice and process, but are you able to process the information in real time while it's happening and then make decisions to navigate the multiverse to the version that you would more prefer to experience and that navigating part is done in real time and it's a case-by-case basis and I, I consult with clients all the time who have breakout sessions from different personal Mandela effects um, and they're you know they're trying to navigate and the navigating is hard it I think it's a master class of consciousness for advanced souls who are ready for that level of consciousness because they know it exists they know this is happening they know they know that their perception and their consciousness is doing it as well. It's, it's participating in it. 
they process it already. So they're like, they over the freak out factor. So if something happens, they're not freaking out so much as they used to. But now they're more kind of inquisitive, like, hmm, interesting. I only see one helicopter and not four helicopters. Well, what's the difference between there? You know, they're, they're starting to, 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 pro- to think and, and understand, navigate in real time. Like if I choose this doorway, like the Choose Your Own Adventures, but choose this doorway, where will it take me? Will it take me to a, this version of reality that follows that line of thought or will it take me there? So let me give you an example. So for the current events that's happened during the last two years regarding worldwide healthcare, um, I, very neutral, didn't have any thoughts. I'm very neutral, respectable, personal medical choices and all that for myself as well. But my father had passed away last, um, last May of 2021. Mm-hmm. And when he passed away, the nurse uh, casually said a one-liner that completely bypassed my sisters, but I caught it because I catch these things. And when the one-liner that quickly passed away, and when I questioned it, she changed the topic and moved on, was, do you want to reclassify your father's death as a CV-19 death? And I said, what? Because well, they, get, they get money, big money for that. Yes. I said, what? I said, no, he died of septus. That's going to be on the birth certificate. That's going to be, and I made sure of it. So anyways, I looked into a a little bit more. And and the minute I made that personal decision that I was not going to go down this pathway of deception, I was going to look and dig a little more. And I would look and dig a little bit more. And I started a different podcast called CVAR. But um, anyways, when I came back home, um, I started seeing some shifts in my personal reality restaurants that were completely closed all of a sudden is open and has been open for years um i saw um you know buildings that were vacant all of a sudden have business uh, so i saw those changes and they didn't happen overnight they happened they've been happening for a long time but to me it was overnight because before i made that decision and had that ex- that physical experience that made me choose do you want to continue the reality that will, that will support the pathway of uh, show us your papers, which I had to show my, well, I almost had to show my papers to get to Fresno to see my father had three hours to go to the airport to go see him before they pulled the plug because they needed somebody whose family to make a decision. So I said, okay, I'm going to get on, on a plane. And the flight attendant that I was talking to, to, to book the, the flight said, oh, you might have to show your papers. And I said, well, I don't have any of that because I didn't get that. Um, and so she's, you know, we went all the way through and the very end, she said, well, if you're going to Fresno, you don't have to, but if you go outside of Fresno, you, you, you probably have to, they're going to be asking. So I said, no problem, I'm just getting Fresno. But I did not like that, that taste of that reality. And when that happened yeah. with my father's death, I did not like that taste of reality even further. And so I physically made a decision. I am not going to support this reality. And so- from then on, I have, um, like, I, I don't go to self-checkout. I will, I, I will wait oh. in the long line to go I, and have yeah. a physical portion, uh, cash my stuff. I don't care if it's yep. a, if I'm not. Do the QR codes. They, uh-uh. they put the QR code on the table now. I say, give me a menu. I don't play I say, that crap. Yeah, yeah. I, I say, what's this? I say, I want a menu. I want to see the food. I want to see what I'm eating. I want to see it. I don't want to use it on my phone. So I, I, I make sure I have I ask for a menu, which all restaurants do. If they don't have a menu, then I basically go to somewhere else. I'll, I won't go to self-checkout. I'll, I'll wait to the end of the aisle just to go do the cashier because I know how important it is me to make sure that that reality is, that other reality does not happen. 
um, I just joined the gym. My husband and I just joined the gym and they said, okay, well, we'll, we'll do the QR code for your gym membership. And I said, no, I don't need to download another app on my, my overstock phone that already has plenty of pictures and, and running out of memory. Um, so yeah, why don't you just give me a card that I can scan? So they gave us a card that we can scan. So I'm making choices to yeah. not support that other reality because I don't want it. Okay, so, but that's how, in my mind, for myself and for my clients who are self-aware of the changes in um, the matrix, and when you're navigating in real time, yeah, you're going to make some mistakes. Uh, yeah, you may say some things and go, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. It's in real time, so there's forgiveness in this aspect of it. But for the most part, you, you know, you, if you don't make a decision on which reality you want to move forward into, um, the decision was either made for you or mm -hmm. you, if you're lucky source or God will put you in a physical experience that forces you to decide which mm -hmm. version do you want to go? Cause you're kind of in limbo. So you're not going to be so lucky of, of seeing Jif and Jiffy on the same shelf. Okay. These are bigger, these are bigger like transition points. You need to decide. And so um, I think that's how it happens in real time. And that's like next level, consciousness and so people who are ready for next level consciousness as they are navigating the multiverse it can be scary um and it because you don't know if you're making the right decision and you're making the best thing the decision you can so um what do you say to these people who are at this level of consciousness who are trying to navigate the multiverse the best that they can without hurting too many people or making mistakes that they're going to regret later on well, I just think that you, I would, I, I would just keep going with your intuition and going with your gut on what feels right. And don't, you know, if you, if you do that with good intentions, I don't think you're really going to make too many mistakes that are going to, you know, harm other people or even harm yourself. Um, and I always try to use a lot of discernment when you go through it. And again, you know, just like uh, what you said, and then you decided to look into the thing that's been going on. Again, like I tell people, all these things, just I would default to do not put any energy into them, the least amount possible. And until something is proven to be real for you, uh, real to you, and that you really need to fear it, do not fear it, do not live in fear. And I, I like what you said about how you made that decision. It was like you got put into that other reality. It's like you had to make that choice. Um, and unfortunately, it seems that most people made the opposite choice uh, in the last couple of years. So that's been... It's been a little disheartening. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing, and, and again, it's happening in real time because it hasn't it, it hasn't been written yet. We're writing it. We're writing the script as we go along. Um, I, my personal perspective, everybody's entitled to their perspective, but my personal perspective is I think, uh, I think Source shook out um, the, 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 mm -hmm. the stronger people, spiritually, the spiritually stronger people um, and those are the people who are going to be the cleanup crew. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, we, we might we, we might be the ones helping people like deal with what they're going through, deal with transition. Deal, you know, it's just like, um, like if 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 you for whatever reason there's a little manifest destiny and pre life planning that goes into some of this, but then you 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 you're out in the world and you're out. Here's your test. Here's your test. Okay, and so in Buddhism, we, I don't want to get too esoteric, but we go through this a lot. Um, so this is kind of in the discussion of how do you live in this world, but not be of this world? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, because you're going to be shifting into another version pretty soon. So let me ask you to switch subjects. Now we're going to higher consciousness beings. Who are the watchers of the stars or the star people that you talk about? Well, I don't really know. I mean, I know a lot of people would, would tie that into things biblically and, and stuff like that. I don't get into the stories of the Bible too much because I don't have any background in it like that, you know, although I could point out changes in it and that we can talk about how I could be able to do that after. Um, but I do think that there are a, a particularly, I think that there was one star in particular that I had a, a consciousness connection to, and I would look up at this star and um, I would feel it observing me. And, and one day, not just one day, but one day in particular, it happened, but it did happen other times. Uh, I got real emotional with that connection mm-hmm. to the star. So I have some wild theories about what goes on in the sky. And I think that there are like watchers or angels or, uh, assigned to maybe, maybe not. I don't just, he doesn't just watch me. Maybe he watches me and a hundred other people or a million. Other, I, I don't know, you know. Uh, but I do, I do feel that that's going on. But at the same time, this, this, the system, the physical matrix and the deceivers are doing everything they can to hide the supernatural. That's another thing that I want you to know. And I have suspicions that some of the stars that we see might be projected by NASA in order to drown out the watchers and just oversaturate everything in the sky. Um, so I think the watchers are, are spiritual entities that are, that are in the sky. And I think some of the stars are what people would call watchers, but I don't think that they all are. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, that, and that goes in the question about like, what, what do you think is the purpose of God creating the holographic matrix for souls to incarnate into, you know, what's the um, purpose, well, what's the purpose of the game of some sorrow that may, we play in? May, may, maybe we can live out an experience and something for him to experience that he couldn't without us. Maybe that it's part of fulfilling God's need. I, I, I really don't know. Um, life is beautiful. Human life, humankind is beautiful. The things we create and the relationships and the bonds we make with people Maybe he just wanted to create this beautiful thing. And unfortunately, on top of God's green earth and the wonderful human body, these, this other force is present. And it seems like the other force controls basically all the physical aspects that are on top of God's green earth. God put nature here. What do they do? Seriously, like there's plenty of food and water and land. These liars come in with their media and their stories and they convince you there's too many people. There's not enough land. There's not enough water. Oil comes from dinosaurs and it's going to run out. Like all this stuff. It's like God created all these things to regenerate, be plentiful. Uh, there's no need for any of, of the garbage that they feed us. But they've, they've come in and they, what they've also done is very important is they've corrupted mankind with the dollar. And people have sold their soul for the dollar. And that includes your friends and my friends, your family and my family as well. Now, I'm not saying that your family and my family are willingly complicit in say murder or botched healthcare we'll call it right but they're going along with things that they probably know don't add up at least but they're going along with it because they're afraid they're going to lose their paycheck mm, they yeah. you know that's dangerous it, they, yeah they sold to the dollar see well see you know you're being on another really good subject because here is so many different examples in which source 
or God physically put people into an experience that is so unique to them that forces them to look in their soul and decide what is the most integrity decision that they can choose in that decision. Okay. And it's a reflective of, of who they are and um, their belief system and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, in Buddhism, we call this like life lessons. These are life lessons that teach us about ourselves. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm having a wonderful time. I'm going to give you one last question. Okay. Uh, so what is your last message that you want people to know? My last message that I want people to know is what I always tell people. Although you might hear me say that. You know, I, I, uh, you might hear me talk about the Mandela effect uh, most passionately as of recent, although I talk about tons of other stuff. I'll tell people what I always tell people. There is no ultimate truth. There's only pieces to this puzzle and it keeps going and going. Don't get stuck with one topic. That includes me. That includes you. That includes uh, everybody I've done this journey with. There's always more. And the best thing we can do is always try and connect the dots, try and stay open-minded, but use a lot of discernment. Do not live in fear. And uh, when you get to the level where you're talking about things of this nature, parallel realities, reality shifts, Mandela effects, whatever you know we want to call it, what's happening here, we have, to, we have to not be afraid to talk about our experiences because when we need each other and we need to talk about what we observe and experience and document it and have these conversations all the time and keep, don't get complacent in our truth. Keep trying to figure out what this place is, but at the same time, do things to make yourself happy in your own life and try and stay positive and honestly uh, be good to other people. I was going to say a quote that doesn't exist anymore in the Bible, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but that's gone. Uh, it's gone. But- <laughs> that's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, changed. Wow. It's, now, it says, now it says do to others as you would have them do unto you. We talked about uh, the, the thing in the last two years, too. There's a lot of changes to do with that, particularly one Bible verse that gets me a lot is Matthew 18, 20, where two or more are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. It talks about if you have two or more people, God's presence will be there. It's now been Mandela affected. It's changed in every version of the Bible, and it changes before the current thing. And it changed to where two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst. As in, if there's a fourth or a fifth or a sixth person, God's going to get up and leave. And what do we see after that? We saw limited gatherings and all this. It kind of, I believe these changes all coincide with the reality, even the the scriptural changes. It's all Mm. interwoven together. So we have to really pay attention to a lot of it. Um, We didn't have time to really get into the historical stuff, but if you guys check it out on my channels after, Germany highly involved in the Mandela effect not just American, there's a whole slew of attacks by Germany on the U.S. soil now. There's all sorts of other historical Mandela effects, geography changes that reflect all the maps and globes in your house, everything. So it gets much bigger than the uh, than the light stuff. So yeah, I yeah. would tell people to take a, take, a, take a deep look. Yeah, and those are, those are really good to also kind of like anchor yourself in so when you have your own personal one, in your mm-hmm. life, you don't freak out too much. And then you're able to at least process. And like, like we said, process and navigate, process and navigate. And that's all that you could do. Yeah. And a little bit of prayer and connecting to source within you it helps as well so that you can navigate 
the best you can. You never know where you're going until you get there. And then you can look back and like, oh, okay. I went, I went through the Lambeth pretty good. So Brian, thank you for providing us more in-depth understanding of your personal experience jumping between parallel realities. So for more information about Brian S. Stavely's Dose of Reality podcast, please visit his website or his channel, rockfin.com forward slash Brian S. Stavely. And I will put that in the show description as well. And I think you can find it in a couple other sites as well that you can you can do an internet search for. Yeah, if you just search that name, you'll find me on everything from you know YouTube, Twitch, Rockfin, Rumble. I'm on all of it. Um, and also, if you just go to doseofrealityshow.com, you can find the links to everything you would need for me. Contact, social media, email, whatever. All my Perfect. channels, back. Perfect. Well, thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.